Our great example and instructor in prayer is the Lord Jesus Christ. In God's Word, we find everything we need to develop a life of prayer. Join Scott Pauley today as we study the Bible together. Would you like to hear Jesus pray? Would you like to quietly slip into Jesus' prayer closet? Well, in John chapter 17, Jesus literally brings us with Him into His place of prayer. Can you imagine being there? Can you imagine hearing the Son of God talking to the God of heaven, talking to His Father? Oh, what precious communion they must have enjoyed together. And yet the striking thing about the prayer in John 17 is that Jesus is praying for others. He's praying for His family, if you will. He's praying for those that He loves, for the disciples that the Father has given to Him. And what does He begin to pray for them? Well, we've already learned in John 17 that He prayed that God would be glorified, number one. And number two, He prayed that every one of these disciples would come to know God for Himself. I think that'd be a very good place for us to start as well. But then He continues in this great prayer list. And might I just ask you, what is on your prayer list today? I, I didn't say who. You may have a long list of people's names, but sometimes, if you're not careful, we get in the habit of just reading names to God. Well, God knows the names that are on the list, and while it's good to call individual names, I would ask you, what are you praying for them? Are you praying anything specific for them today? And if you are praying specifically, are you praying for specific spiritual things? One of the most tremendous truths anyone ever taught me about prayer is the power of praying the very words of Scripture. That's why I'm walking you through John chapter 17, and I want to challenge you to take this prayer of Jesus and pray it for your family. And what shall we pray? Well, let's pick up the prayer in verse 9. Jesus says, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father, Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou hast gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Now the person, of course, he's referring to here as the son of perdition is none other than Judas Iscariot. Judas was not a member of this family. He was not saved and then lost. He was lost to start with. That's revealed by the term, the son of perdition. God was never his father. He was always a child of the devil. He was always a child of evil. And so Judas is not in this prayer. You see, these things that we're about to pray, uh, we, we must know for sure that the people we're praying them for know God. We must know for sure that they're believers first. That's the great prayer request. We want them to come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. But then we don't stop there. That's not the end of our prayer for them. That's the beginning of our prayer for them. And so what is the next thing on Jesus' prayer list? Well, on Jesus' prayer list, He begins to pray that they would be kept from evil. Did you catch the key word in verse number 11? Holy Father, keep through Thine own name those whom Thou hast given Me. So once people have come to know the Lord as their personal Savior, and they're in the family of God, we must pray 
that the Father will keep them. Now, don't miss this point. This is not to say that there's a potential that they're going to be lost again because once you're in the family, you're in the family. Once he's your father, he's always your father. But there's a, a key phrase here. When he refers to the father, he calls him Holy Father. I believe in the very title, Holy Father, there is some key about what he's asking the Father to do, to keep them holy, to keep them right. How many people have come to know the Lord Jesus as their personal Savior and then fallen away, lived lives that weren't becoming to Christ, that brought dishonor to the Lord Jesus. Do you remember how Jesus began his prayer? He prayed for the Father to be glorified. Well, now he's praying, Father, I want you to be glorified in the lives of these I love. And would you keep them so close to you that your holiness is reflected in their life, that your character is revealed through them. If you skip down to verse number 15, he says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. In other words, he's saying, they're in the world. Now, they're going to have to live around unholiness, but would you keep them holy? They're going to have to live in a hard environment, a world of tribulation, but would you keep them rejoicing in you. Now, they're going to live in a place where they're going to have lots of hardship, but would you keep them in your grace? Holy Father, would you keep them through your own name? He ends that verse, verse 11, by saying that they may be one as we are. In other words, he's talking here about that beautiful unity that exists in the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, perfectly at one. And I think one of the great prayer requests of the Lord Jesus is that God's people would be in unity among themselves. Friend, pray this for your family today. Pray that God would keep your family unit one, and that nothing would come between you and your marriage. Nothing would come between you with your children or with your parents or with your siblings. The devil's a divider. He loves to bring a wedge between us. He loves to, to separate people. That's exactly what he did in the Garden of Eden. He came between Adam and Eve. And more than that, he tried to come between them and God. That's what the devil's after. So pray that God will keep your family. And while you're at it, don't just pray this for your family. Pray it for the family of God. Pray it for your local church. The devil would love to disrupt your church. He'd love to get in and tear things up and disrupt. Don't let that happen. Pray a hedge of protection today around your family and around the family of God. And then let me give you one more thing on Jesus' prayer list today. Not only did he pray they'd be kept from evil. He prayed that they would know Christ's joy. I love the fact these two things are connected in this passage. You see, sometimes you can get so consumed with the enemy, with the devil and the evil around you, that you lose the joy of the Lord Jesus. Now, the best thing to protect you from the wickedness around you is to keep your own heart happy within. So look, please, what the Bible says in verse number 13. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Uh, I love this truth. Whose joy is it? It's Jesus' joy. It's not my joy or your joy. It's the joy of Jesus Christ. Now remember, Jesus is praying this on the hardest day of his life. He's on his way to the cross. He's praying this as he's walking through the great valley that his disciples are about to go through. And yet Jesus is making it very plain here that they can have happy hearts, that their hearts can be can be rejoicing and bubbling up with the goodness of God in the midst of great difficulty, in the midst of hatred even. He says in verse 14, I've given them thy word, 
And the world hath hated them because they're not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. In a hateful world, you can still be happy. In the world that hates your God, you can still rejoice. And I think one of the great keys to this is in the phrase, I've given them thy word. If you want to be happy in Jesus, stay in the word of God. George Mueller is a great example of that. Mueller was such a happy Christian. And when asked why at the end of his life, he said, for the last 69 years, I've read through the word of God four times every year on my knees. And he said, I've been for 69 years a happy man. Happy, 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 he said. What's the secret to real joy? It's the Word of God. What was going to bring the disciples the greatest joy when Jesus was gone? Remembering His words. When you're praying for those you love today, pray they'll be kept from evil and pray they'll know Jesus' joy. Thank you for joining us for today's study. We deeply appreciate your prayers for this work and hope that you'll visit our website, scottpauley.org, where you'll have an opportunity to invest in the gospel. Would you consider giving a gift to help us extend God's word to others? You'll also find many other encouraging resources. Our prayer for you is that with Christ, you will enjoy the journey.